Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin, joined by my guest, Jaguars expert, Justin Dunk. He is at jdunk12. He is the host of the Believe in Jaguars podcast and uh, also quite a, quite involved in Canadian football coverage as well, right, Justin? That's right, my man. A lot of CFL players making their way down to the NFL after having big seasons up north and also some Canadians coming through the NCAA ranks and making some noise in the NFL. The most notable, I think, recent one for the Falcons would have been D. Alford making an impact in the secondary there. Yeah, yeah. D. Alford starting this year. He, he did play some last year, but he's been the starter for through three games and has acquitted himself well. Uh, so we're definitely happy to, to uh, have him in Atlanta without question. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, man, he's a baller. Yeah. He balled out for the Blue Bombers and doing the same thing south of the border. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely happy to have him uh, to bolster that slot spot that he's playing at in Atlanta. Guys, we are going to get to all things Falcons versus Jaguars. Uh, first London game of the year. I know the Jaguars got back-to-back London games, so we'll get to the matchups in this one, go over the injury report. Uh, but before we do, we want to bring you guys a quick word from our sponsors. First of all, betonline.ag, guys. Football is back, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. You can get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From Week 1 all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. So, you know, if you're looking... You know, for my take, uh, probably, you know, I'd be a little skeptical of the, the Falcons passing game at this point. But uh, the the spread right now, as I believe Jacksonville's favored by three, uh, the Falcons mostly play close games. So other than last week against Detroit, it's typically one score. So I, I probably would avoid the Falcons in this one just because I think the, the Jaguars match up well, like we'll see. But. You know, if you're feeling spicy, that's up to you. But no matter what bets you guys want to make, just make sure to head to the website, betonline.ag today, or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Just remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we will uh, take a quick break to bring you a word from our other sponsor to get this week's prize picks. Folks, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. For those who don't remember from last week's show, Prize Picks is a skill-based daily fantasy game where you pick two to six players and decide if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win, all the way up to 25 times your money on any entry. And at Prize Picks, you aren't competing against other players; it's just you versus the projections. Prize Picks also has a generous promotion schedule, so be sure to check back like uh, on Taco Tuesday, Flex Friday, where they have various players at sort of discounted more or less numbers. Keep your eyes open for that. Uh, It's not just NFL, too. They offer projection on any sport that you watch, including NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, pretty much anything you could think of. And the best part is prize picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and they offer fast withdrawals. It's that easy. Remember, guys, all first-time users that deposit and use our promo code DBB for Dirty Birds and Brews will receive an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. So that means 
If you deposit 100, prize picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, prize picks will give you 50. Just make sure to use that promo code DBB. It really helps us out. So thank you guys so much for that. And remember, since prize picks is daily fantasy, it's available in 31 states, Washington, D.C., and most of Canada as well. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like California, Florida, Texas, Georgia, notably, and over 70% of the United States. So let's take a look at my picks this week. We got a bounce back last week. Not so so great with that one. Uh, Josh Reynolds, you know, really boning me there. But uh, we're going to go with some tight ends this week. Uh, first of all, going to go with Evan Engram, the Jacksonville tight end against the Falcons. His number is 46 and a half receiving yards. We're going to go with more than he's beaten that number in every single game so far. And the Falcons, one sort of weakness on pass defense is the tight end. They've allowed big games to pretty much every tight end they face, starting with Hayden Hurst. Uh, and the, the one exception being Green Bay, where they really didn't let too many Green Bay tight ends do a whole lot. But uh, Evan Ingram has been one of the most productive and consistent players on that Jacksonville team. So I think he's he's a lock close to a lock to to beat that 46 and a half receiving yards number then we're going back to the well with Bijan. he's not let us down folks and that number is only creeping up slightly Bijan robinson 26 and a half receiving yards we're going more than i think Bijan's receiving volume is not going to get lower it's only going to go up uh and the falcons desperately need Bijan as a playmaker and as you can see Bijan can turn any catch into that 20 plus yard play so love Bijan's number as long as it stays in the 20s it's pretty much a no-brainer um and then we're gonna go uh, to Detroit Sam Laporta who's been probably the biggest surprise in terms of the rookie tight end class uh 42 and a half receiving yards sounds like a lot but Laporta has beaten that in every game except week one and his target share is going up every single week uh last week against the Falcons was his biggest game yet uh and again I think the Detroit Lions are going to lean on Laporta even more as the season goes on. Uh, so I don't, I think with his target share, with his volume of, of passes being thrown his direction and the number of catches he makes and the plays he makes after the catch, I think he's got a great chance to make that number. So guys, there's our prize picks. We'll check in after the game on Sunday to get an update on how this one went. Fingers crossed this one goes better. Just remember, guys, you can sign up to get that 100% deposit match up to $100 with our promo code DBB. Thanks again to Prize Picks for sponsoring this episode. All right, we're back here with Justin Dunk from the Believe in Jaguars podcast. Justin, Jaguars, uh, I obviously a fan. I grew up in Florida, uh, Northwest Florida, like Central Time Florida, so. I've always had a soft spot for the Jags. Uh, a couple of my family friends are big Jaguars fans. And I think Falcons fans have a connection to Jacksonville. They've had a lot of coaching, you know, uh, they've had a lot of similar coaches. Mike Smith, for instance, was with the Jaguars before he went, came to Atlanta years ago. Now we've got Calvin Ridley uh, there, Foyo Aluakun, another former Falcon. So a lot of connection between these two teams. Um, and I think, I can speak for all of us that were pretty surprised with how the season started for Jacksonville at one and two. Uh, how are you feeling right now with uh, Jacksonville's uh, struggles to open the season? I'm surprised with their start and the Jaguars are too. This team was the favorite to win the AFC South division this season. And I still think that's definitely possible, but the fact that they're one and two out of the gate, especially last week's loss to the Houston Texans by 20 points, 37-17, has this team searching for some answers. And you mentioned 
Calvin Ridley there, the Atlantic connection, obviously broke into the CFL or excuse me, NFL with the Falcons. But he's a guy that needs to have a bounce back effort in this matchup in London. He had over 100 yards in week one, got off to a rip roar and start with Trevor Lawrence and the Colts in a week one victory at seven catches for 92 yards and a touchdown in the first half of that game finished with over 100 yards. But last week against Houston was the lowest ranked Jags offensive player, according to pro football focus in that game. He had two big drops and arguably a third one in the end zone that he probably should have caught two offside penalties. So Ridley needs to get it going here. And the rest of this team does as well. Trevor Lawrence has played at a consistently high level the issue for him has been his receivers just not catching balls. The Jags lead the NFL in team drops overall with nine on the season. Ridley has four of those. So Ridley needs to be better, play up to his advanced billing. This offense really has to get moving. The defense has been solid, if not really good, to start the season. Yes, there was 37 points on the board against the Texans, but I don't think all of that should be put on the defense. One of those was a kick return from a fullback brought back by the Texans. So I think this defense actually has played fairly consistently. The offense needs to get it going. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the offense is more of the issue, which I think is similar to, to Atlanta where it's kind of the opposite of what we expected, which was sort of maybe thinking that the Jaguars defense was still coming together. Maybe it would start a little bit slow. Instead, it's been the offense that's been having issues. Uh, and it's been the same thing for Atlanta with the defense being surprisingly quite good. Uh, top 10 defense in a lot of areas for Atlanta to start the season while the offense has sort of cratered uh, in two out of the three weeks to open the season. Uh, before we dive into those matchups, though, let's check in on the injury report. Uh, we have Wednesdays at this point because we're recording this show before Thursday's injury report has come out. Um, Atlanta pretty healthy. We did just put linebacker Troy Anderson on potentially season-ending IR, but otherwise uh, we've got Cordell Patterson who was limited and wide receiver Josh Ali who's deep depth guy who was limited and then uh, Calais Campbell was getting a rest day. So pretty uneventful injury report for Atlanta. For the Jaguars, there's definitely a lot of bigger names on there, most notably Devin Lloyd who is, I guess you, you can't be declared out yet, but given the press conference sounds like he's not going to be playing in the next couple weeks. The other DNP was wide receiver Zay Jones, and it seems like he may be the other guy that's really in danger of missing this game. What's your level of concern, Justin, for Zay Jones's absence or any of the other guys that are uh, limited so far to start the week? You know, Zay Jones being out in particular, potentially, again, Doug Peterson said there's a chance, but it doesn't necessarily look like he's going to play in this game against the Falcons, is he's really become a security blanket for Trevor Lawrence. And I think he was one of the keys to the offense in week one to get that team over the 30 point mark against the stout defense that the Colts have as well. It didn't necessarily play as good against the chiefs had a couple of catches that were very close to being called complete, like literally inches away. One of them in the end zone that could have turned that game against Kansas city. And then was out last week against the Texans. I think he's a guy that's missed in this offense. They do have other weapons. Jamal Agnew will see increased reps as he did against the Texans, as will Tim Jones if Zay Jones is out again. So those are the guys to look for if Jones is out. And in terms of Devin Lloyd, this dude is a fantastic young inside linebacker for this team. He was trash talking Travis Kelsey in week two as they hold him, held him excuse me, to four catches for 26 yards and a touchdown on nine targets in that game. A lot of that was Lloyd on Kelsey and being really physical with him. 
He has now had an issue with his thumb that occurred in week three against Houston that required surgery. He's got a couple of screws in there to hold it tight. He's going to stay in Jacksonville with the team, not travel to London. So that means he's definitely out for two games because the Jaguars have two straight games going on in London. First against the Falcons, of course, and then after that, the next Sunday against the Bills. Peterson hopes he'll be ready for the Colts game in week six, but they'll have to see how everything goes. So those are two major injuries to starters on both sides of the ball that the Jags probably won't have for the game against the Falcons. Yeah, so that the Lloyd one, I think, is the big one because as we get to these matchups, the big one in this game is, and it will be for pretty much every Falcons matchup, is how does Atlanta's rushing attack measure up against the opponent's rushing defense? Because the what we've seen through the first three weeks is that Atlanta's rushing attack is sort of required for this offense to sustain drives. And against the Panthers, it woke up late and really started to dominate that game. And against the Packers, the Falcons piled up over 200 rushing yards and put up a ton of yardage, even though that score ended up being a lot closer than it probably should have been. But against the Lions, where this team scored just six points, they were held to their lowest rushing total, I think, in a long, very long time, if you even go back to 2022. So, the secret to stopping this Falcons offense is, is slowing down the run game. And so far the Jaguars have been pretty good against the run, um, but haven't necessarily faced a murderer's row of opponents yet. So <laughs> what's, what's your level of confidence in this, this Jaguars run defense to be able to slow down Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier in this Falcons run game. It's been decent overall. The Jags run defense has, but they have not faced a back anywhere near the talents of Bijan Robinson. And I think that will be a, defining game for this run defense overall especially with Devin Lloyd out though I think this front can still create havoc Rory Robertson Harris has been a guy that has held his own on one side of this 3-4 alignment Adam Gotsis has been solid if unspectacular for this defense and they still have Foya Luakon as you alluded to the former Falcon at one of the inside linebacker spots there and we'll see if it's Chad Muma or Caleb Johnson that fills in for Lloyd as the week goes along. And then on the edges, they got Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. So it's been difficult, I think, for teams to consistently run the football against the Jags because of those two very athletic edge rushers. Those guys have held up decently well in the run game. We know Walker can do that. So I think that's why the Jags have been solid against the run. That said, We'll see how they do against Robinson, the number overall eight in the pick in the draft, who has obviously been a guy that's lived up to the hype early on, right? He's over 300 offensive yards for this team is going to be the focal point. And I think the Jags game plan is going to be stop Robinson first and make Desmond Ritter beat you with your beat you with his arm. Yeah, and so far that's not been something that Ritter's been able to do. Uh currently the lowest graded quarterback according to PFF and while it's certainly not all his fault, uh, he hasn't done much to elevate this offense so far. A big problem so far has been the Falcons' pass protection. They gave up seven sacks last week to the Detroit Lions, who previously were coming into the game with just a single sack on the year. And this offensive line seems to just be incredibly hot and cold. Uh, against the Packers, who have this incredibly deep, talented pass rush, Falcons held up really well. Uh, but against the Panthers in week one and against the Lions in week three, it was a disaster. Ritter was under constant pressure and really just didn't have an opportunity to do a whole lot. Uh, the Falcons do have the weapons in the passing game to make things happen. And again, Bijan has been a key there as well. But the and the the Jaguars haven't exactly played great pass defense in terms of the yardage allowed. But 
in theory, it should be a pretty good pass defense overall, or at least if you look at last year, it was a better pass defense than run defense. So how do you feel about the Jaguars' ability to get after Ritter and limit Atlanta's passing attack? Allen and Walker just flat out have to play better and get after the quarterback. Now, Allen is dealing with a shoulder strain that he suffered in that Chiefs game. But last week against the Texans, Houston had come in, allowing most sacks in the NFL. C.J. Stroud had been put to the turf 11 times, and the Jags did not get him down or record a sack in that game. And 30 dropbacks, they hit him four times, but they did not sack him. So they need to be much better in terms of getting after the passer consistently. You look at their back end. Tyson Campbell is a guy that I think has a lot of upside, had a great start to the season in week one, baited Anthony Richardson, the rookie, into a pick and made some standout plays against the Chiefs, as did Andre Sisco, who had a leaping interception off of Patrick Mahomes. And the defense was not the reason why the Jags lost that game in week two to the Chiefs. It was the offense struggling to capitalize and consistently move the football. So I think this secondary can be really good in the pass rush, can match that as well. But Allen Walker have to play better. I think the guys in the back end have proven that even though they're young, they can make some plays. They're fast and athletic. They can play man coverage. They can play zone coverage pretty well. I think Campbell is one of the most underrated cover men in the league. So if Allen and Walker can turn up the heat, it would really help this pass defense out and the defense overall. Yeah. And that's that's going to be the key. Like, is this a on game for the Falcons offensive line or an off game? Because the Jaguars certainly have the personnel up front to take advantage of that. Um, and ultimately, I think it really comes down to the run game. You know, can the Falcons move the ball on the ground? Because if they can, that's how they keep their drives going. That's how they wear teams down. And that's, I think, why in the games they've won, they've had so much success in the fourth quarter, where going into week three, they were the NFL's best fourth quarter team in terms of point margin. Um, so that'll be one of the biggest things to watch in this game as well. Switching sides now to the Jaguars offense. Uh, again, very fam familiar to the Falcons where it's like you were expecting this offense to be the engine of the team and you were just sort of hoping the defense was going to come along. Instead, it's been the opposite. The Falcons defense has actually been keeping things in check and the Falcons offense has not been able to capitalize. Uh, Atlanta's defense so far, actually seventh in scoring, uh, sixth in passing yardage, um, and they've been improving every week against the against the run statistically they did allow 150 yards to the Panthers in week one which is definitely weighing down their their averages but they're roughly a, a league average uh rush run defense statistically speaking at this point um let's start with the Jaguars passing game because that's really what the engine of this is supposed to be Trevor Lawrence has still been excellent uh but it with the receivers is it really just a a drop issue or is this a deeper than that at this point I think it's definitely been a drop issue and it's not quite deeper than that at this point. There have been some people that have been wondering, should Press Taylor, the offensive coordinator, be the one calling the plays he's done so for the first three games this season? That was the plan going into it. And I think some people on the other side would like to see Doug Peterson calling the plays because of what he's done in the past in Philadelphia, of course, in Kansas City as well with Andy Reid. So that's definitely up for debate, and it seemed like the Jags were able to get in some sort of a rhythm in the second half last week against Houston, especially that first drive after the half was over, but it just hasn't been consistent. They looked pretty solid against the Indianapolis Colts, but after that, they've just been out of sorts, and I think it's been a handful of things. The drops have certainly gone against them and hurt them, 
penalties have been an issue and just inconsistency, especially third down conversions have been a real sticking point for this team. The first week, they only converted 25%. Yes, they still won. Week two, 25%. Again, week three, 33%. So they're under 30% overall on average for the season. And that's where a lot of these drives have bogged down is those third down situations. They're 29th of 32 teams in the NFL rated on third down conversion, 29.73%. The Titans, Commanders, and Jets are the only one behind them. And when you're talking about being in the company of those teams who haven't been anywhere near great offensively, then you know you're lacking. So I think that's been an issue. And also, when they've gotten into the red zone, they haven't converted. Trevor Lawrence against the Chiefs was 0 for 7 passing in the red zone. They went 0 for 3 in the red zone against the Chiefs. That's a major reason why they lost that game. There were some close calls, yes, but ultimately you have to convert. So I think the three major issues have been drops, inconsistency overall, no third down conversions, and not coming up with those clutch plays that you need to win games consistently. Yeah, and that'll be an interesting matchup to watch because the Falcons' defense has been excellent on third down and especially on fourth down. Uh, Atlanta's currently 10th in third down conversion rate with 32% allowed, and uh, they've allowed zero fourth down conversions on three attempts so far, carrying over from the preseason where they faced, I think, five and didn't allow a single one either. So uh, the streak remains unbroken there. But um, what's the offensive line looking like? Because there's a lot of moving parts there. Obviously, Cam Robinson slated to come off IR, I think, for week five, but not going to be available for this game. I know Walker Little has stepped in, and he's been playing pretty well. There's also the rookie Anton Harrison uh, and some guys in the middle that I know there's been some shuffling going on. So how is the offensive line holding up both in terms of their pass pro and, and run blocking? It needs to be better, especially in the middle there. And I think they were hurt a little bit with Cam Robinson out due to that suspension. He's got one more game, so he'll miss this Falcons game before he comes back. So I think when you get him back, you can kick Walker Little inside probably to left guard, then that will beef up this offensive line. But it's been difficult, especially on the interior, for them to get some consistent push and open things up for Travis Etienne Jr. or Tank Bigsby. And on the outside, Anton Harrison, he's a rookie. Yes, he's their first-round draft pick, but when he's going against guys like Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs, who just absolutely owned him, but also said after the game that he thinks Harrison's going to be pretty good, he's learning on the fly here. So... He does have some talent and upside. He left last week's game with a lower body injury, but it seemed like he got through that unscathed, so he should play in this game. But I think overall they got to play better. And, I mean, for as good as Brandon Sheriff is, last week he had a critical penalty on a fourth and two conversion. Lawrence hit Calvin Ridley, one of the balls that he actually caught in the game, and Sheriff got a hands-to-the-face penalty that brought that back and ultimately wiped out that fourth down conversion. So, They've had some penalties at times. They've been inconsistent protecting Lawrence at times. Other times they have been able to run the ball. Other times they haven't. So it just needs to be much more consistent. I do think Walker Little has been fairly consistent for the offensive line, but the interior there, Ben Barch at left guard, Luke Fortner at center especially, need to step up and play well against the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. And the interior is where the Falcons have had the most success uh, consistently so far, where they've got obviously Grady Jarrett, who's one of the NFL's premier defensive tackles, and they brought in David Onyemata, who's actually outplayed Jarrett so far. So they've the Falcons finally have a duo on the interior that they can be proud of, um, and that's been the main source of their pressure. 
on the on the edge, the, the Falcons added Clayus Campbell, who's been a great presence as a run defender and pocket pusher. Uh, but opposite Campbell, they just haven't really gotten much. They have veteran Bud Dupree in there, who did play his best game last week against the Lions. But um, Falcons definitely hoping for more in terms of sacks. They've been pretty decent in terms of pressure, but they haven't really converted a lot into sacks. So that's something to watch. Um, and the other big thing being, what's this? what does linebacker look like? Troy Anderson, the second-year player at a Montana State, was one of the starters, was definitely coming along, and he obviously has those crazy athletic traits. In comes Nate Landman, who had to fill in for Anderson after concussion in Week 2, who actually is PFF's second-graded linebacker off of his one game. Um, he's looked really good. You know, a guy that was injured uh, when he came out of the draft and went undrafted, um, he started to play better. So can Lehman continue that level of play? In which case, maybe there wouldn't be a huge loss for Atlanta there next to veteran Caden Ellis. Or uh, does Lehman's plateau and crazy PFF grade come down? We'll see. This is a tough test for him, obviously, against Travis Etienne, who's one of the NFL's more athletic running backs. How has the Jaguars' run game fared this year? Obviously, a lot of excitement about what Etienne can do, but Tank Bigsby, uh, a pretty hyped-up draft pick as well. He was. Etienne Jr. was really good in that first game against the Colts and in week three against the Texans, but not as effective in week two. And I think that was more due to the offensive line. We know how explosive this guy can be. And Tank's, Tank Bigsby, excuse me, had a sort of welcome to the NFL moment in week one where Trevor Lawrence had his arm hit while a pass was going forward. Bigsby thought it was a forward pass and an incompletion he was standing around the Colts punched it out and DeForest Buckner took it back for a touchdown so he's definitely learned to play through the whistle and if not to the echo with a whistle after giving up that touchdown but I don't think he's been as effective as the Jags would have hoped to start the season that said he is a rookie so he's still getting comfortable in the NFL with the speed of the game he should be the thunder to ETN Jr's lightning because we all know that ETN Jr can take it to the house in a second so I really felt like their offense looked at its best last week which is surprising to say even though they only scored 17 points but when they featured ETN Jr especially that first drive coming out of halftime they featured him went down the field and scored a touchdown and it looked like they were going to get back in that ball game that obviously didn't happen but ETN Jr has been really good especially when he's even got some decent blocking up front yeah yes it seems like hoping to get a little bit more from the run game with the passing game and a little bit of a slump but everybody's got to play better. That's sort of the story for the Falcons too, especially on the offensive side is that the offensive line's got to play better. Desmond Ritter needs to start to show improvement now going into his eighth NFL start um, or or things are going to get potentially ugly quick, but the Falcons got up to that 2-0 start. They're now 2-1. The Lions, at, or excuse me, the, the Jaguars, different big cat, uh, are 1-2. and two. Um, So things a little bit more dire for the Jaguars. You never want to start off 1-3 and three because of the statistics that puts you in, but... Uh, how are you feeling about this London game? Obviously, Jaguars are used to playing in London. Falcons also frequently play in London, not as much as the Jaguars, though. Um, what's your sort of prediction or thoughts for how this game's going to go on Sunday? It's the Jaguars' 10th game over in London. They're 4-5. and five. The Falcons have gone over there now for the third time. This will be their 1-1 one one over there. So just to give you the background, I was kind of surprised, honestly, that the Jaguars are leaving on Thursday for this game, considering the time change. I thought that they might have left earlier in the week, especially considering that they're going to set up shop there for a couple of weeks. I would have thought they wanted to get comfortable and get adjusted 
because of the time change and all that thing. But this is something that they're used to, that Doug Peterson is used to now because of having been with this team through last season. Trevor Lawrence will have an idea of what it's like to having played over there multiple times. So I think they can try to use this as somewhat of a home field advantage at Wembley Stadium. That's it. I think it'll be more NFL fans coming out there overall. But Jacksonville does seem like the pseudo home team of England and in London because they've been over there so much. So it's a comfortable spot for Jacksonville and they should be able to use that to their advantage. Yeah. I think this is a a critical game for the Jaguars and it's merely a important game for Atlanta because, you know, falling to one and three, obviously a big hole to climb out of. Whereas if the Falcons were to fall to two and two here, it's sort of no harm, no foul. This was one of the toughest two game stretches of their schedule and getting out to that 2-0 start gives you a lot of leeway. So uh, I I do ultimately think that the Jaguars are just, they match up well with the Falcons. And like you've, like you've observed, like I think the Jaguars offense has just sort of been held back by some bad luck. Um, and I think that that luck can change or, or it might not, but it, it could change. And, it, and it's not like I think Trevor Lawrence has been playing poorly or the wide receivers aren't getting open. It's just some mistakes that are costing you and those can repeat or they might not. But the Falcons are going to need to run the ball against what's been a pretty good run defense. Um, and Desmond Ritter just has to, to get better. Um, he certainly can. And again, this is a, a pass defense that definitely struggled last week. So maybe this is a get right game for him. But um, so far, Desmond Ritter's never been able to win on the road. Uh, this is, I guess, technically a road game for Atlanta. Really, it's probably a road game for both teams, technically, <laughs> for, for being honest. But, um, you know, we'll have to see how the Falcons adjust and how they respond to that first loss and you know, Jaguars is a very dangerous opponent. Um, I think people should not look past them because they're one and two. This is still a team that I think is the favorite in the AFC South. So uh. it, it does seem like the Jags are on the verge of a breakout on offense. I thought that would have came last week against Houston, but they're like really close to putting it together. And I mean, you still got to go out there and do that. And I really like to stay unbiased in all of my coverage of football. So I'm by no means trying to sound like a Jacksonville homer, but I really think that they're that close. Trevor Lawrence has played consistently well. He's ranked in the top five, according to Pro Football Focus, in terms of the quarterback rankings on the season. He's had eight big-time throws of 20 yards or longer, nine total of those throws on the season. The eight, 20 yards or longer down the field, leads the NFL. And he's just had a bunch of drops and penalties that haven't been on him yes it's his unit and he's leading those guys so he's probably got to be better in that area but these guys just got to perform well around him and I think if Calvin Ridley comes down with some balls that we're all used to him catching and they start to get a little bit of a groove that this offense can at least have the potential to explode in London yeah yeah it's definitely a concern I think for Falcons fans that this could be the get right game because, you know, years past, the Falcons have been that get right team for other for opponents. This year, it seems like the defense is legit enough to probably not let that happen. But it's really going to come down, I think, to the Falcons offense and their ability to keep pace because I think the Falcons defense can keep the Jags to 20 to 25 points. But can the offense match or exceed that? That is the bigger question, I think, for Atlanta. Um, so I think it's going to be a good one. Um, and, you know, Kyle Pitts, you know, famously scored his first NFL touchdown in London. So maybe he's excited to get back over there, get a couple, get another, another touchdown under his belt uh, on London soil. But uh, Justin, I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, Really appreciate your analysis coming on the show today, guys. He is Justin Dunk at J Dunk 12, host of the Believe in Jaguars 
podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Also, uh, let the people know where they can find your Canadian football coverage, too. You bet, dude. And thanks for having me on. You can find my Canadian football coverage at 3downnation.com. We cover everything CFL, Canadian University, and even CFLers who go to the NFL or Canadians who are in the NCAA and then Canadians who go from the NCAA to the NFL. And I can't believe I forgot to mention off the top when we were talking about Falcons and CFL and NFL and Canadian Connections, David Onyemata played his university football at the University of Manitoba, the Saints traded up to get him and he has been a pretty good player in the NFL that didn't start playing football until he was in university in Canada. So this guy got really good really quickly. Obviously you've seen the athleticism there. You mentioned it about him potentially even being their best interior defensive lineman this season. So he is a talented guy that I've followed on a long and winding road down there and been a really great pickup for the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, that reminds me, too, to shout out uh, Matthew Bergeron, who the Falcons drafted out of Syracuse, uh, mm-hmm. Canadian, and play and grew up playing Canadian football in high school, uh, and then ended up going to Syracuse for college, uh, and immediately starting after never playing a single down of American football. Uh, so props to Bergeron, uh, who's got a tough test this week, for sure. So uh, definitely, the Falcons, definitely not afraid of Canadian football players, and in fact, they've embraced them so far, uh, and I think that's been... Nice to see. Uh, get get these guys more chances because I think we we can tell that there's there's a lot of Canadian football players that have something to offer here in the NFL. So, um, well said. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning into Dirty Birds and Brews. I'm Kevin Knight at Foul Call Kevin. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe. Leave that five star review on your podcast platform of choice. We will of course be back post game uh, bright and early on Sunday for our Falcons versus Jaguars week four post game coverage. So look for that. Today's show was of course brought to you by bet online. We will see you guys next time on dirty birds and brews. Have a great day guys.